0: Back. Thank you. We have some Good folks morning. here from busy. Uh, we, we have a friend, or we have someone uh, okay, uh, I met this morning from Phoenix. and so glad they're, she's here. And there uh, uh, <laughs> folks who travel in Tennessee, other folks who travel in Tennessee. And you folks, where are you from? Brentwood. Brentwood? Uh, Brentwood. Great, great. Good to have you all here. It's nice to be together. Jeannie, uh, hey, would you close the door for me? Let me just start us off with the uh, family news for today. Um, there were the family news for last week, some of us maybe may weren't here, but all those have expired, so I'm gonna go ahead and skip those. But this week, there'll be a baby shower for Jillian and David Ratton this afternoon from one to three in the Gathering Room. Uh, they're registered at Target and Baby List. OC Men's Ministry game night is this Friday, December 1 at 7 at uh, O.C. Brentwood Gathering. And then Coco in Carol's is next Sunday, December 3rd, 6 p.m. That's over at West End. So uh, that's next Sunday, the 3rd. Okay, well, um, Leland and Jackie are uh, in Colorado today, and so uh, uh, I'll, I'll take the floor, and uh, we'll hope for a lot of discussion here. Um, <laughs> but uh, I've got soap if I need it to last us, I think. But um, (laughs) thank you for coming. It's nice that uh, you're able to be here. I was unsure if we would have any because Thanksgiving travels, but Thanksgiving travels brought us a guest. So thank you. He's here from Arizona. Well, let's uh, have a prayer together again. Oh, dear Father, we are so grateful for your word that has been protected and and, uh, allowed to come down to us after all these years and centuries. Thank you for the encouragement that your eternal message gives us. Thank you for the hope that the grace in Christ gives us. Help us today as we study. May life-changing teaching happen not only in this room, but every room in this building right now, especially with the little ones. We pray that they would be uh, guided to learn to trust and depend on. Thank you for the lives of people who have gone before us that have turned out to be great examples for us. We appreciate that, and we appreciate today the stories we can read and study together. Thank you for all you do for us. You're so great beyond this. Uh, you gave us a beautiful sunrise today, and no one in this room helped you do that. And you'll probably set the sun today without help from anyone in this room. And at the same time, you give your full attention all seven billion or so of us, and it wouldn't even break us. But you are a great God, so far above us, and we ask for your help today as we open your word. Jesus we pray. Amen. Okay, well, today, um, Leland had that we would study uh, Acts 23. At the end of that chapter, there is a letter that. Um, Uh, is sent to Felix, Uh, but there are so many activities that happen in Acts 23, I thought, I really don't want to fast forward through those, since we've got the time today, I think let's take some time to think about this, now, um, you remember a few weeks ago, we were talking about how how Paul wanted to get to Jerusalem by Pentecost he came to Jerusalem, I think last week, if you were here I listened to the recording but it cut off after a while so I'm not sure how much you are able to cover but last week you remember that Peter me, Paul arrives in Jerusalem in time for the Pentecost and James, he meets with the elders and James and James says uh, I, I believe Paul probably had some idea of what he'd like to do what he'd like to uh, have happen uh, cheers yes sir, you've got sealed that's right uh, and so, I bet Paul had an idea of what he wanted to do. James, kind of like we saw before, kind of gives an uh, alternate um, way of thinking about it. And James asked Paul to just kind of lay low for a while. The Jews have heard a lot about you. Maybe you just want to lay low Why don't you meet these men who made a pledge about a God and you go to the temple. And, and so, he probably would have had an agenda but he, he agreed to live by James's advice. And I want to think about the week that, that Paul had had. Why, why did he lose his cool? He's in front of the Sanhedrin, and uh, I want to put the week in context. Uh, this is what the help is from the Don't share Paul's policy in mind? Let's recall recent troubles. So far this week, he has been beaten by a mob, Chapter twenty one, bound in chains. Chapter twenty one, his death demanded by a group of angry, zealous Jews. Chapter twenty two, and come in the hair's breath of being scourged. In chapter twenty two, all that has happened this week, and then he stands before the Sanhedrin, and uh, if you read, and you remember that the way it all came down. Uh, he basically said, um, "I can say confidently, I have lived, in, I have lived with a clean conscience before God my whole life," which caused the high priest Ananias to uh, say that sounded like blasphemy, and he, he asked the people stand next to, to the disciple in the mountain. Paul has had a terrible. Week. I think he's frustrated. And he came to Jerusalem hoping for certain things. And James says, why don't you listen at all? Why don't you just be a little quiet? He's had all this happen. And now he's slapped in the face. I think he, resu- re- I think he re- responds in a human way. We see his humanity. He kind of barks back and says, you, you claim to judge me by the law? You're going you're, you're to judge me by the law? And you break the law because, basically, you punished me before I, you, I, you punished me before I've been convicted. That's where the pre, high priest has broken the law. And then the people stand around and say, so you know, like, you just said bad things about the high priest. We see his humanity in his knee-jerk response. He's frustrated. Somebody just slapped him in the mouth. That's a very rude thing to do, right? And then we see his humility. He says, I shouldn't have done that. Because in Exodus, not in Exodus, I'm sorry. Yeah, in Exodus. The Exodus says you should not speak against the leader of the people. His humanity and his humility. That's going to be a key. I want to land on that humility here later on today, as it might apply to us. And then we see his hope. He says, I'm on trial here today because the hope of the resurrection, which is like Jenny and I and Debbie were talking about this on the way today, is like he's lobbing me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He knows. He knows. He's. He can't win with this crowd. Remember, he was a Pharisee. He was a son of a Pharisee. In fact, when he says that he um, even was acknowledging and agreeing to have Stephen stone, he, you know he's part of the uh, He may have voted to have Stephen Stone. He may have known these people. It's probably been twenty years, but he may have known some of these. He said, "I'm a Pharisee, and a Pharisee, I have lived a clean conscience before God. I am still worshiping the same God that you worship." And they, they of course, aren't happy with this. This this, this uh, poster child Pharisee that was part of the Sanhedrin has now switched camps. And twenty years later, he's he's calling them to repentance, right? So it's uh, but he talks about the hope, which is a lobbing of a grenade, because there are two types of people there. We'll talk about that in a second. And we see his courage. His courage is going to come from the Lord. It's, it's interesting, the story, just the way it all happens. I love it. Paul's humanity as an outburst, his humility, Exodus 22. They're both wrong. The high priest was wrong for slapping him. In the- Welcome. Welcome. Come on in. Glad to have you. They were both wrong. The high priest was wrong because he punishes him before he's convicted. And then. Paul was wrong because he spoke against the leader of the people. But let me back up a second. Did he? How, why is it he didn't know um, the high priest? How is it he didn't recognize the high priest at this point? It sounds like like
1: sarcasm to me. Well, it could be a little <laughs> bit sarcastic.
2: Be I with think all. you're right. <laughs>
0: Different people have theorized. Let me try these different theories on I mean, you. One is that Paul was had eyesight. Maybe he couldn't proceed. Another is this is not in the temple, so maybe the high priest wasn't didn't have his guard on. It was the court. It was the court away from the temple. And so, in any case, he probably shouldn't have blown us, blown us up, right? But he did against the high priest. Um, And they, of course, the high priest thought it was blasphemy. So we see Paul's humanity. We see his humility. We see hope. He has hope in the resurrection and his courage. You might remember in John 18, Jesus said, "Um, I have overcome the world. Take courage. And Jesus is going to be present to give Paul courage here in a minute. After that encounter the people are so upset in the Sanhedrin, they start calling each other, and the guy who wanted the Jews to come and meet with Paul thought it would get settled, and it only got worse. Things out still here. This guy thought, thought, put Paul in front of his accusers, and maybe they can figure it all out, because it's a religious thing. It's not a legal thing. It's a religious thing. Let those people... Because the Sanhedrin are people the highest court in the spiritual context. They... Uh, they made rules and judgments based on the law of Moses, and it was the highest court, religiously. <clears throat> so this man thought that if you put him in front of his accusers, maybe he'll get settled. It got worse. Okay? Now imagine, Paul's had a terrible week. He kind of blew a chance to talk to his former friend. not the great apostle anymore. He's sitting there thinking, I blew it. And he's probably sitting there there's grief and he can't. Maybe he has trouble going to sleep. Has this ever happened? We have trouble going to sleep because of grief we felt guilt to. Guilt we felt about something. We had trouble going to sleep. It's a great blessing. In verse 11, Jesus, the Lord himself, comes and stands beside him. Remember Jesus said, I will be with you always. thinking that Jesus, when he's feeling so disappointed, discouraged that he might have blown this because of his temper, he's probably doing some guilt. And Jesus comes on and stands beside him and says, You have been a faithful witness in Jerusalem. You will be a faithful witness in Rome. So now we see he gets some courage. And Jesus reminds him, You're doing okay. You've been forgiven. I'm going to give you grace. And I think that day, the next day, Paul wakes up, (laughs) re-energized. He's running to go. Well, the people involved in the Sanhedrin have some buddies that woke up that day realizing we blew it too. We were supposed to put him on trial and we started fighting and nothing got accomplished. So 40 guys decided to take a bow. We will not sleep until Paul breathing no more <laughs> we will not eat we will not eat until Paul is dead so the morning that Paul wakes up with now renewed courage mm-hmm. they wake up saying we're going to take care of this ourselves here's what we'll do we're going to tell the commander to release him because we need to investigate his uh, situation more. We're going to give, give them the idea. We're going to investigate this more. And then before you even gets to it, we've got 40 men who have taken a vow and they'll take care of things real quick. And you don't have to worry about it. You won't be involved. Peter. you won't be involved. We'll take care of it. Because killing somebody is a pretty serious crime, right? But they were willing to probably go to their own death to think that they could kill Paul. Then... God works an amazing thing. Before we get there, we should talk about the Pharisees, I guess, and the Sadducees. The Pharisees believed in oral tradition was valuable, as valuable as the, as the uh, written scripture. They believed in the, uh, angels, spirits, resurrection. They believed in those sorts of things. The Sadducees didn't. They didn't think oral tradition is anything. They didn't believe in the supernatural. They were kind of the rationalists. Okay, and that's really what caused the problem, because the Pharisees, who Paul used to be one, said, you know, well, maybe an angel did talk to him, and maybe we should listen to what he has to say, which, of course, the Sadducees didn't buy any of that, so they, they caused the big ruckus, of course. Okay, well, things didn't cool down that night. The Lord appeared to Paul and reassured him of grace and forgiveness. That night, 40 men took a vow to kill Paul. I love the Lord's elaborate plan to help him escape. You know, uh, I was talking to Debbie the other day, and she said, you know, in fact, Paul could have walked out just fine, because he didn't need the Roman soldiers to leave him out of town. He had Jesus on his side. And I like what one writer says. You know, two hundred. Uh, so, we meet Paul's nephew. This is an interesting series of events that God has arranged. We meet Paul's nephew, we don't know anything about him. Some people say he may have been sent as a spy of the church. Uh, he may have heard these forty men figuring out what they're going to do, whatever the case is. He makes his way to Paul. he tells it to Paul. Paul calls the commander over, calls the officer over, please take this young man to the commander, the governor or not the governor, but to the commander uh, the tribune and and then. <coughs> He goes to the tribune. The centurion takes him to the tribune. The tribune stops everything. It's interesting. He stops whatever he's doing. He takes the nephew off the side. And says, "What is it you want to tell me?" And he finds out about the attempt to uh, the plan to kill Paul. Okay. And we talk about more than concrete. Talk about overkill.
2: Uh, Good uh, night. Listen to this. He gets.
0: He he calls. This 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 man is probably. Over a thousand people, he calls a thousand soldiers, he calls two centurions, which means you have access to 200 soldiers. I want 200 soldiers, 70 horsemen, and 200 spearmen to accompany Paul, to escort Paul out of town to Caesarea. Okay? Well, you know, that doesn't sound like uh, the 40 are going to have much chance against 470, right? 470 against 40, it's like this commander's gonna let those Jews know, you're not in charge. We're gonna protect this Roman citizen. And if you guys can't settle your fights, you are not gonna start a riot in our area because what happens to Roman leaders if a riot gets started in their area? Rome cuts them off, they're no longer, they're no longer a ruler. In fact, next, next week we're gonna see in chapter two, uh, 24, Felix, Paul was going to be before Felix. And um, that's that's an interesting presentation. (laughs) Crazy presentation, but it's an interesting presentation. Felix was removed after two years. He was uh, quite a character. We'll talk about him next time. And his wife. But we have 470 people leading one man out of town on his way to Caesarea. I like what one writer says. There are 471. The Lord was with him. There are 471 taking him to Caesarea. Go halfway. Some of them leave. Uh, they leave at nine at night. The night before, he would have been taken to the Sanhedrin and, and killed. The night before, nine at night, four hundred and seventy people are escorting Paul out of town, and then the letter is sent to Felix with him. Interesting letter. We'll talk some time about. It. Well, we're we'll talking about that. Uh, but I should put now. And uh, open up, what, what thoughts do you folks have? I know there's a lot of folks here, and thank you for being here. We're kind of surprised how many, are wondering how many might be here on Thanksgiving Sunday. So we're glad you're here. So, uh, uh, Steve, uh, any uh, thoughts? Right here. I, I would have a different take. Oh Go ahead, ahead, yes, yes.
1: Uh, you know, Paul's brought before the Sandy. we could could debate whether it's okay to be sarcastic or not. (laughs) I would vote for sarcasm, naturally, (laughs) my my inner self. (laughs) I say, say, you know, you you guys, uh, uh, and I think he recognized Ananias, obviously. He'd been known uh, of Ananias for at least 20 years. Now, remember the high priest changed every year So it it traded back and forth between the son-in-law and Ananias and everybody else. So Paul knew who this was. And then when he was commanded to slap him on the face, that's when the sarcastic remark comes in. And and, and so uh, then they almost started to write. And I say Paul, whether this inspiration came from God or not, he knew that they were at each other's throats. The Pharisees... On that subject. subject. Pharisees hated... It goes back much deeper than that. The Sadducees were the ruling class. The high priest came from the Sadducees. The Pharisees thought the Sadducees were a heretics, a bunch Mm -hmm. of doves. We're going to make things right. So they had hated each other for a long time. So Paul, either from the wisdom of God or inspiration himself His own i want i'm gonna going break this meeting up and so he got them at each other's throats mm-hmm. and uh so there you know we know the story and paul's calling me mean, he could have taken that opportunity to, to escape while they for a baby, but i don't know about that but uh, uh that's my take on that Paul, Paul, is, uh, Paul, Paul knew who these people were and he set them off against each other. Yep. Yep. And,
3: uh,
2: well, and it says that. It says he knew that he was talking to Pharisees and Sadducees, mm-hmm. so he brought up the topic that would get them at each other's so throats the quickest. Well, that's kind <laughs> of the and grenade he, you were talking about, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, but he did it so that, I, I mean, it seems like he did it so he could kind of make his exit. Make his exit. Get them, get them
1: fighting
2: with each
1: other. Well, he, 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 he I, I guess in God's plan, he wanted to get back to Rome. Was this a grand strategy from Paul, to to, to uh, uh, fulfill God's plan to get to Rome? Because we, we 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 knew that when he was up in Antioch, he was going, he wanted to go speak to Rome. He got a free trip out of it, and it took him several years to get there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, uh, you
0: yeah. know. That's right, good. Yes, other? I'm just yeah. trying to picture what it would be like. You, you would hope, if, if he's Paul, he's hoping he's going to get out of town safely, but to be taken out and see almost 500 people to escort him, I'm just trying to think of what that would be like to, to look around and go, wow. You know, think, about, me? think about his escapes. One time he's let down the window in a basket. Mm-hmm. Another time the people at Ephesus, the elders of Ephesus, are crying all the way to the shore as they escort him. Now he's getting a Roman escort. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Uh, Debbie, you're well,
3: I just think he uses his citizenship well. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. You know, he is he is a Jew, he was an ex Pharisee, but he's also a Roman citizen and when it's when it serves to further the gospel, he's not afraid to trot that pony out either. <laughs> you know, he comes
0: Jew to the Jews, he comes Gentile to the Gentiles, whatever, whatever. Okay.
3: You know, when I when you're presenting the story in Bible class, you tend to put the Sanhedrin up in our, <laughs> up in front, and he's standing in front of them like our court. We tend to visualize our courtroom, but I feel like this was a whole. I can see where he might not have known who's actually said smack Paul. Because it was chaotic. There were a lot of people around Paul. Oh, it wasn't just the Sanhedrin in there. There were other Jews, and they were all, you know, the guy was towards the end, he said, Oh, my land, I'm going to kill him. And there's a riot started, he so he intervened. So this was a very chaotic scene. Good
0: point. Good
3: point. I love the irony uh, because um, the tribune or the the officer we'll call him the officer (laughs) Yeah, the officer that was with Paul in this in the Sanhedrin he he sizes up the situation and instead of becoming the jailer he becomes the protector Mm -hmm. and by providing 470 people and you know and giving mounts for Paul yes So, so he had fresh horses he's Basically, putting him
0: in a
3: Cadillac
0: and you know, taking him out like a chain. Yeah, yeah. He's is, not in chains being drunk, it, it's kind of yeah. like Mordecai and uh, Esther. Yes, yeah, Haman, Haman <laughs> having the parade. That, Mordecai, wonderful that irony. is so funny. That irony is so funny. That's right. Well, and one of the questions that you had up there, we did mention, was what, what he said initially. Could not have been interpreted as blasphemy by many people. Mm-hmm. I mean, he basically just said, "I've, i got a pure conscience." bang! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that must have been a bit of a shock. <laughs> Felt it in the mouth after saying, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm okay." Oh yeah.
3: What is supposed to happen to the people? They said, "So did forty the people die." I, I what he says, "We will not eat or drink," and then Paul gets taken a <laughs> hundred miles away so can we just start
0: I mean what happened to them can you get out of a vow yeah Swindoll says um, after this when they realized they were drunk by 470 people uh, they were hungry and mad (laughs) Uh and uh, remember Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount talks about how you know you, you say you can't break a vow you shouldn't break he says don't break a vow but it's okay to break a vow if it's on the gold in the temple, but not the temple itself, or to a, you know, apparently there was a system of getting out of a vow. It wasn't very honorable, apparently, but they must have got out of a vow, or they started to death, but I mentioned they arranged to get out of a vow. And later on, a bunch of them will be called down, to, called up, yeah, called up to Caesarea, like David said, about 80, 90 miles, um, to uh, testify in front of Felix, but... Uh, I, I love studying these stories and we haven't even got the word leaving one to get to. Hope you're not listening. Hope you're not listening, But, but uh, I thought we ought to think about this letter to the governor. Go ahead and look at the last few verses of that letter. And uh, uh, the things he says or maybe things he doesn't say. A couple things he doesn't say. One is, well, first... He wants to save his own life. He doesn't want to let him know. He wants to let him know, I squelched a riot. Don't get rid of me. I squelched a riot. Because Rome had all kinds of spies. And if somebody didn't like you as a ruler, they could get word to Rome. And something could come back to you, and you could be removed from your post for easy. Okay. And uh, as we see, next week, Felix was removed. From his, in the Bible tells that. history tells it. He moved two years. But anyway, he, he saves his own skin, and notice what he doesn't say. He doesn't say, you know, regarding this Roman citizen thing, he doesn't say, I almost scourged him. <laughs> when I found out he's a Roman citizen, I, I, I changed my mind.
3: <laughs> well, he doesn't
0: mention that. But he does He does say this man was charged by the Jews and, and, and uh, I had to protect him and I did my duty, I protected this woman and those sorts of things. Um, let me read something here. I want to go back one. I got ahead of myself and I'm sorry. I like this. The grace of God can overshadow any of our guilt. Um, when, we have gone, when we're have gone, we going to bed and we're trying to sleep and we feel guilt um, Let me read from uh, Oglebay, uh, this paragraph. Belief in Christ's resurrection, that was the hope that Paul had. Belief in Christ's resurrection, the promise of our own sin in the source of lasting courage. Christ was not only vindicated by the resurrection but clearly taught that through him we too would be resurrected. Death has no power for us. We are alive forever, but our realization of the resurrection does not have to wait until the moment of our physical death. When we surrender our lives to Christ, our self-control is crucified and we are raised to a new level of intimate companionship and hope results. The high priest wasn't going to be humble and repent and say, I guess I did something wrong. Paul was willing to be humble and he realized Something that's people, that humility is what saves us. I like what um, I, I wrote down a quote here. Is, uh, I'll find it eventually. of, No, I'm um, just not. Where did it go? Somebody moved it. Probably somebody didn't
2: move it. Okay. <laughs>
0: I know where it's at. Um, but when we realize not our mistake. She was not a mistake. Uh, other comments? I'm going to turn to Psalms chapter 103, but any other comments? I, want to, I don't want to quote anything you have to say. Uh, as I studied this, I thought about a situation that I felt guilty about. And I, need to, I need to do some restitution, I need Ask for, for forgiveness of somebody, okay? and I didn't do that. But I love what Psalm 103 says, verses 11 and 14. For as high as the heavens are above you, so great is his loving kindness toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Just as the Father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he himself knows our frame. He is mindful that we are the dust. We know we're sinners. God knows we're sinners. If we will apply Christ's blood to our sin, to our guilt, he will take our sin as far as from the east as to the west. I may have mentioned before, there's a passage in that. It's a Micah that talks about how he buries our sins in the depths of the sea I was reading the other day I think the deepest sea is about over three miles mm-hmm. buries our sins in the deep depths of the sea and somebody sarcastically comes along with it and then he puts up a sign no fishing <laughs> Ooh, I like that mm-hmm. we don't need to carry our sin anymore we've been forgiven when we realize we've been forgiven thank you for hope and we have resurrected crucified our pride, if we will acknowledge our sin, we've crucified our pride.
3: I think I like the verse best that says, because he knows we're dust." Oh, yes. I think there's sometimes, I think, well, God will forgive me. I think, yeah, but this one really stinks. And, or this was a really bad one, but I think to know, you know, it says here he keeps us, he's mindful of us, he knows our frame, he's mindful that we are but dust. He knows that. He knows what, they, what we did knows what we think.
0: I like the definition of confession that says we're just agreeing with God about what he already knows about us. Mm-hmm. We're not telling him anything that doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that, that should be comforting. Though, that's not scary, that be scary to people. That should be comforting to know that we don't have to hide. We don't have to exercise energy to hide our skin. We just need to be willing to admit it. You know, so if someone calls us a bag of dust, I get hurt. Well, at least I'm speaking biblical. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have one joke, right? <laughs> um, so, uh, what are what are our thoughts? I, I love it that Jesus was standing right there, and uh, he gave he said, "Take courage." And Jesus said, "I will come world, take courage." I the world. And he also said, "Of course, I'll be with you always." And it's the times that we go through hard times that we realize that God, we sense that God is closest to God. I remember a situation uh, in Michigan where uh, two students of the college, we, and I were at, um, uh, one of them was going to go on a mission trip. And so son and good friend and daughter were in the back seat, mom and dad in the front seat, and they're on the way to the airport, metro airport. Driver got in there. And, and so mom and dad died on the spot. The daughter, of course, the young man, the so damaged, so hurt or so injured, he wasn't able to go on his missionary. But um, the daughter in the backseat uh, attended a congregation we were a part of. And I asked her one time, what it was like going through that. She said, you know, I wouldn't. Going through maybe guilt sure. or illness or saying goodbye to somebody who loved part of the to say goodbye to us. I used to do a lot of journeys for people that didn't have any church connection. And I would get nailed every time when I would stand there after. And the families have that moment. We've all been there, right? Right next to the casket. This close to the person we're sitting there it. And I always get nailed because that is a very precious time. And uh, when I've been standing next to the casket, that's when I felt God's presence, maybe even more than everyday life. Well, and
2: you keep using the verse, you keep kind of bringing it. And, and surely I'm with you always, even at the very end of the age. And, 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 um, but he doesn't actually say that here, right? And so like, there's a piece of it, too, where like, you have to know what's been said. Like, this is almost just like a reconfirmation of Jesus to Paul. Like, uh, like he, he wanted, like you, you mentioned he wanted to go and testify in Rome. And Jesus is saying, hey, you, know, like you did this here. You're going to do this there. And he says, "Have courage. This is going to happen." But like, if Paul didn't know the word of God before that moment, like th- this would have uh, this would have hit different. But because he knows that, like Jesus has said, "Hey, I'm going to be with you through all of this." because like, Jesus, again, he doesn't say that here, right. yeah. and he may have he may have said it, and Paul just held that close to his chest, or yeah. I don't know, whatever. But like, yeah. but um, but, it, but, it, but he has to know what's already been said. To really find, I think, the most comfort. amount of comfort in this moment here, mm-hmm. and so there's a there's a level to which, like, we have to like remember, like, the word of God from even before this moment to make this moment really hold the the strength of that. Good
0: point. Yeah, verse eleven. There was one line there. The per, the first part of the verse, I really like. Verse says, Jesus stood beside him. Stood here. stood at his side and out. that's uh good, mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. thought. Um what other thoughts here I not what time we have three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> others, others. We're so glad you're here. We've got some new folks today, thank you. Thank you. Yes, and you're busy. And I wish you well in Arizona. <coughs> you leave on Tuesday, I think you said? Yes. <laughs> okay, very good. That's good. Wish you well. Take travels. Nice to have all of you here. Next week, Lord willing, Liam will be back, and uh, we'll kind of do the tag team thing again, and we'll get into chapter 24. Here's an interesting answer. Read how many words the lawyer uses to butter up Felix, and how many words he uses to present his case. That's interesting. yes, interesting Well thank you. Thank you all for so coming. Appreciate you being here.